Welcome to the Mortcast. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com, where you can pick yourself a bottle of the Red Zinfandel that is finished in whiskey barrels. I don't know how many of those are left. That was a limited run of 300 bottles. So go to bfwdenver.com and see if they still have any of that left over. But they still got some of the 2017 Cabernet, which is my personal favorite. And they also have the uh, Blake Street Blend, which is also very, very good. Anything you need in a great, great local wine bar. All these grapes, most of these grapes are from Sonoma County in California, where they uh, make this wine. That uh, It's really, really, I think, maybe my favorite place to go in Denver, Colorado. Uh, they have partnerships with Western Slope Winery. So if you go in, you can try some Coltaris, some uh, Storm Cellar, some Restoration. Um, basically, uh, the best of what Colorado has to offer. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee. In beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online, pfwdenver.com. They're also on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, I was thinking today about some, you know, the Nuggets and what they've gone through this season with injuries and all this stuff, but it kind of led me down a weird rabbit hole, and you're going to have to indulge me. Um, This Nuggets team, in relation to other Nuggets teams of the Tim Connolly era, and... Uh, this, and if we, 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 we think about like the, the injuries and all this stuff and what was going on, it pales in comparison to the beginning of the Connolly era, which uh, not necessarily due to his fault here. Um, there were extraneous, uh, factors going on and the Nuggets were, trying to hold on to a bit of relevance uh, coming off the 57-win season. But then in early 2014-50 season, there was an article that came out that was extremely unflattering towards Tim, Con- Tim Connolly. Um, it was, uh, well, I'm not going to bring up the author. Um, it came out in ESPN online, and... It was a. It was not necessarily what I would call a bombshell, but it was an exer- extremely unflattering portrait of Tim Connolly, and to a lesser extent, uh, Josh Kroenke. Uh, and it's interesting to look back on that, and I will link. To, I don't want to, like I said, I, I, I think at this point, uh, I don't have the greatest relationship with the person who wrote that article, so I'm not going to mention them. Uh, I will say that. Um, I have my views about about that article. That uh, uh, if someone will talk to me privately, I will I will definitely talk about. Um, but it actually got me thinking <clears throat> about this, this the way that we cover these teams and the way that we cover specifically teams that are just starting out with new general managers and how we talk about the analysis of deals early in the tenure of a general manager. And let me give you some context here. Um, I've talked about this a lot, and this is we're coming up, uh, this next season is going to be the 10th anniversary of the uh, 
of the 57-win team, which the early Connolly ter- um, um, era is colored by that team. Um, and the drama of the 2013 offseason. There was a lot of stuff going on through this from 2012 all the way to the when Brian Shaw was fired in March of 2015. Um, it was a, a not the greatest time and due to a lot of different exigent circumstances that weren't necessarily in Tim Connolly's control, specifically Danilo Gallinari and the procedure that he had on his knee and how that related to basically what amounted to the 13-14 season being a lost season. But more than that, um, the way Tim Connolly came in was due to um, the timing of how he came in, I should say, um, was fraught. Um, Josh Kroenke fired um, George Carl shortly after, I think it was a week after George Carl won the Coach of the Year award, and uh, this was right after t- um, Masai Ujiri, and before that was when Masai Ujiri uh, stepped away and became um, the general manager and team president of the uh, uh, Toronto Raptors. And there was a compressed timeline, because if people don't remember this, the Nuggets spent a fairly long time negotiating and talking to Pete D'Alessandro, who was... Uh, the deputy and assistant under um, Masai Ujiri uh, through Masai's tenure from 2010 to 13. And uh, suddenly, uh, D'Alessandro decides not to go to the Nuggets and goes to Sacramento. And that, in turn completely threw the Nuggets for a loop, who had to go on another GM search. Tim Connolly was hired fairly late into the offseason to the point where um, there was... Josh Kroenke did most of the talking to Brian Shaw, who was eventually uh, hired as the coach of the team. Um, For all intents and purposes, Brian Shaw was Josh Kroenke's hire because Tim simply did not have the time when he was hired uh, to be able to uh, do all the proper interviews. It was just the way the offseason came down. There was just a bunch of this going on, swirling around, um, and it kind of made for a fraught uh, offseason, which resulted in um, the 2013 draft where famously the Nuggets get to the um, the they have a it was like the twenty seventh pick I I think in the first round in two thousand thirteen they ended up having Utah's um, select it the Nuggets make a trade uh, they get Gobert and the Nuggets obviously end up I think that that's is the draft where they in the second round they got Eric Green and Joffrey Laver, Joffrey Laverne. Um, and uh, I think that some of that was a trade. Uh, it was just the Nuggets weren't in, didn't came into a year where they were just like, let's let it ride. They 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 got Randy Foy in the sign and trade for Andre Iguodala, and that is a whole other drama that I 
do not have the time to go into right now. Um, the Andre Godal saga. And then um, they end up bringing in J.J. Hickson and Nate Robinson. The 2013 Nuggets with with Brian Shaw were running what was called, uh, despite Brian Shaw saying he didn't want to run it, one of the first things Brian Shaw did was try to implement the, tar- the triangle. And there's two things I know about the triangle. One, it works if you have everyone committed to it. And two, it takes a long time to learn. Um, it, takes, it takes a season, basically, to learn how to do it. And what was going on with the Nuggets through this uh, season where they eventually win, I think they won 36 games in 2013-14. Missing Ganelo Gallinari, they were trying to have um, Kenneth Fareed run the pinch post. It was not working. Um, He is not that kind of player. Really, in essence, aside from Foy, Hickson, and uh, oh, Darrell Arthur. That's not for Darrell. he He came in. But largely, this team was George Carl's team, and this team was not built to do uh, what Brian Shaw was trying to run. Obviously, I've gone into great detail about how his assistant coaches let him down, but it just it was a square peg, round hole. It was not going to work. And that blame, by the time... Uh, his second season ran around, and you know Gallinari's finally back in fold. Uh, was was laid at the feet of Tim Connolly. In an article which was really just, I, I can't say it was devastating, but I think at that uh, it it was just, um, not it didn't reflect well on Tim Connolly. Um, but the analysis of it, and my main crux of my complaint about it, was that it was premature. Um, it didn't take into account the context of how Connolly came in and why things ended up the way they did that offseason. Um, Connolly did what he could in the very small amount of time. Um, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but Masai Ujiri took the entire Nuggets, basically the entire Nuggets scouting department with him to uh, Toronto. And the Nuggets, when they were conducting the 2013 draft, it was Brian Shaw, Arturis Karnasovas, and Tim Connolly, and Josh Kroenke. That's it. There was no scouting. There was that they had. They didn't even have time to assemble the scouting department. They're just. They were doing it on the fly. There was just exigent circumstances. Now that's not an excuse, but that is context. And and I think sometimes when we talk about these general managers and teams, uh, when they first get in there, we 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 get too reactionary and we want something of. Of, of big substance to happen in a very short time span when, I mean, even if you look at it this way, Masai Ujiri came in in 2010 and he worked on a fly and he, even you could argue in the 12-13 season, which was Masai's crowning season in Denver, you could make the argument even then that it was a, still a work in progress. It wasn't a perfect team. They were still forming themselves. 
And the Nuggets avoided criticism during that era, largely because there was a lockout um, right smack dab in the middle of it. And uh, it just was, it was, it was different circumstances. On the other side of the break, I'm going to talk to you about the Nuggets and how I have learned to look back and look into how to properly criticize the team and still remain completely objective. But first, I'd like to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Because Super Bowl 56 is coming up, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is counting down to Super Bowl 56, and new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Um, that's a great thing. That's a great. Those are great odds. But look, the Olympics are here. The Olympics are coming up. Uh, they got. I'm sure they've got bets on that too. There's a lot of things you can bet on too. Plus, there's got the NBA. So there's a lot of different ways you can you can join in. Um, you can experience uh, uh, the same game parlays, which um, I do know are are good for Nate Timmons from. Uh, um, you know, the former co-host on CSG, he really likes those same game parlays. So next time you talk to Tim, or Tim, Timmons, Tim, next time you talk to Sid the Timmons, you can tell him about those same game parlays. He really likes them. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Just bet $5 to win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code MHS for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. New restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You know, I've had to uh, evolve the way I look at criticism um, because I, I think what I've always told people is that sometimes you can tell a person's sources by the um, the tone of uh, of of information. Um, and maybe a little bit of it's in the weeds, but you have to think about whose incentive it is out there for this information to get from point A to point B. Um, and one of my complaints, and it was maybe because at the time I was uh, too too much in the in the Nuggets weeds to separate myself, was I knew uh, just based on the tone of the article that was in ESPN, I guessed exactly who was saying what. And I'm and I'm at this point relatively certain that I was correct in 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 those those assumptions. That's not fair to the person who wrote that article, but that is just it is what it is. But a lot of times you got to be aware of the biases of the sources that you are at that you are um, consulting. And one of the decisions I made years ago was to to not break news. Um, breaking news is can can lead you into specifically being constantly chasing another break because your relevance is tied specifically to that news that you are about to put out there. And that's one of the drawbacks of Twitter. Um, there are certain ones who do really well. Um, uh, they're the obvious ones. 
Um, I don't, I don't care. Um, that is not where my, my, I don't know. It's not where my interest is. And quite frankly, it, you can just, it's like constantly like chasing a high is what it is because, you know, this person broke this, this person broke this. I respect the people who are able to do it, but it's not, it's not, it's not something that I get caught up in, nor do I want to. Um, where I think where I am most valuable is that I look, I do have tons and tons and tons of people that I talk to in and around the league, uh, in and around the Denver Nuggets. And I choose to let that inform what I tell you on this podcast. I do that to give me an informed opinion, an informed opinion that I try to make as objective as possible. That is not always possible. This is an opinion podcast. So obviously that is going to creep in. And my big issue with that article that came out in 2014 was it was, it was, it was to me, it read as reactionary and, and wasn't fully taking into context everything that happened the year previous leading to being short-sighted. And we can all, and this is the lesson that I think we could all take into this, is that the long view um, is afforded to those who have security, and the short-term view is not afforded to those who don't have job security. And one of the fortunate things with Tim Connolly was that he was afforded a great deal of, of security in a sense that they let him go through it and prove himself in a very big way with scouting, with um, accumulating draft picks, with doing, doing it in the way that you basically have to do it in Denver. Um, Tim's made his mistakes. We've all made our mistakes. Um, and for, unfortunately, that the article that came out in 2014, I don't think fairly spoke to what... Um, Tim had to go through that previous year, not to harp on it, but it made me think about how we cover GMs and how, how fair can we be criticizing moves without, with, with taking into consideration that this isn't the finished project. The, 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 the cake is not fully baked. Anytime you take over a team, there's two, there's, there's generally two ways you can do it. Um, Today we saw the Blazers trade Norman, Norm Powell and a couple others to uh, the Clippers in exchange for Robert Covington and, uh, well, excuse me, yeah, the Blazers, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Robert Covington and Norm Powell went to the Clippers in exchange for uh, Eric Bledsoe uh, and Justice Winslow and uh, a few others. And, uh, and, and, it was, and it was like everyone on Twitter is talking about, well, the, the new slash interim GM is uh, making a move, and he's immediately judged on that move. When in reality, the Blazers are in a situation where it's going to take several moves, and you don't know the direction they're going to go yet. Um, And that is where the Nuggets sat in 2014. They were in a transition that they didn't know they were in yet. You know, sometimes you just got to take because in the pre in that off season they they brought in Aaron Aflalo, and uh, it that didn't work out the way they thought it would. And the Brian Shaw experience, the writing was on the wall as soon as Andre Miller yelled at him 
on New Year's, New Year's Eve um, of 2013. Or New Year's Day. Excuse me. It was New Year's Day uh, 2014. Uh, he, as soon as Andre Miller yelled at him, it was, it was done. Um, and we just didn't know it then. Um, but there is just a series of things you've got to take into context and it's hard to do. I've, I have been 100% guilty of it. But how we cover new GMs is, is I think we've evolved because the, the fairness has come back. And I think if we are overall fair and we stay away from the instant gratification of having to have a result now, we understand that in Memphis you can fairly quickly build a team that looks like a very good one. Um, you know, you can build teams in different places without having the, the be handicapped. And it's amazing to me. I read that, uh, that article from on ESPN in 2014 again, and it was amazing to me with the, a lot of it with the benefit of hindsight of how short-sighted it was, but that's not the fault necessarily of the author. That's just the, the, the fault of the, the motivations of certain people who will go talk to you for an article like that. And I think in the end, Tim Connolly has proven to be um, better than all of us, any of us actually anticipated. And we don't know where this story ends. We don't know how it's going to look. We know how it looks with an injured Nuggets team in 2021-22, but we don't know what it, look, what it will look like next year. We don't know what it will even look like in the playoffs. This journey is ongoing, and I think fairness needs to be applied. We are all part of this kind of ever-evolving entrance into social media and um, having information immediately at your fingertips. Um, in, even NBA teams are struggling with that. But I think from what I've seen from Tim, he's got it right. And looking back with a, with the benefit of hindsight to that article, it's amazing to me the perception, how that perception has changed. And I wonder if the nugget, if the nuggets had a more reactionary um, owner, what it would have looked like. All right. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I'll be back soon with another episode. Goodbye.